Barnes offering. Stan Mahatter down, flicked in and in! Bennett! From two goals down! Oh, how he leveled! Pick it up, Terry. <laughs> Tara, put it in reverse! The only thing about Tor the Jaw I actually love is, I'm sorry, it's just that video. I watched that recently for the first time in the year. It's, it it's, an, it's a tradition. It's a tradition. That's the only, it's what I look forward to. Just back it up, Terry. What you, what you, what you but, doing, Terry? Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, it's God. the best. It is the best, and I'm. I, I hope Terry's okay. I think Terry's okay. I just want to make I think sure. He, no, he he literally started going forward. He was fine. <laughs> oh my god, that video poor, is so funny. <laughs> poor Terry. Um, all right. On that note, uh, welcome to another episode of Diaspora United. I am Andre Carlisle. It is the Fourth of July. We got our good friend, our good brother Terry, in a, in a front and center of our minds. Uh, Courtney, how are you doing? I'm good. That video lifted my spirits because I was feeling a type of way because it's literally been thunderstorming and raining all day in New York. I was like, literally had a whole plan to go on my city bike, go find me a gluten-free glizzy, watch some fireworks. (laughs) But it's like, I don't even know if you can actually see fire. I mean, I can hear fireworks, but I don't know if you can actually see them because it's so like dark and cloudy. Yeah, here it's just like, it's been popping off for like an hour and it's not going to stop for about another five. So, you know, it's just how people roll around here. It's going to be ridiculous, but you know, it's going to be all good. I, I, I don't know, you know me and patriotism, that ain't really my thing. So, you know, I'm just kind of like, whatever. If if I had stuff to blow up, maybe I'd feel better. But, you know, I, I stopped doing the, the fireworks thing a little while ago. It just gives me a reason, honestly, to eat a hot dog. <laughs> I, it's like, just Shout give me Lizzie, a Lizzie. Oh, the fact, the fact that I saw so many people on Instagram today being like, I'm away to Coney Island. And like, by the time I had like looked at their Instagram story, it was like 2 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm like, so you caught in that big thunderstorm, huh? Mm-hmm, yeah. That that sucked. I learned a lot about food eating contests today, which I was not expecting. Didn't know you could eat 50 tamales in 12 minutes, which seems insane to. to me. You're not supposed to. <laughs> I don't recommend you are not supposed to somebody needs to do oh. a documentary on what happens to those people after these competitions because I bet you like the next like the last the, the following 24 to 48 hours has to be like hell I thought I really thought that they ate it and then like no like no joke like 20 minutes later they threw up and that it, was I mean that, that would make a lot of sense because if not I just I just do not I cannot imagine what that kind of stuff does to your body it just sit there I, I don't think your body could take it and if it could I understand it's one time a year, but also like competitive eating is like they have other events throughout the year. It's just that this is the one we actually kind of care about and like setting yourself up. 75 glizzies. <laughs> look, and I look, I love me a good glizzy, especially at like a when I'm dragged to a baseball game and I'm like, okay, I'll just drink cider and eat like hot dogs and hamburgers in the corner and just shout like sure. <laughs> but I'm like, that's a lot of glizzies. That's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of processed mystery meat. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know how that, I, 
now that you say it, I kind of do hope they throw it, even though that's disgusting. And I can't imagine how much like actually comes out of the face. Like that'd be disgusting. I don't know. I, I said, I wanted a documentary of this. Maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds disgusting. Uh, all sounds, right, on that disgusting yeah. note, uh, we're going to move on, do a review as we always do. Uh, this was, this review, I was set up. I was had, <laughs> I was set up, y'all. Uh, this happened on Twitter. Somebody made a joke in the comments. Courtney in just straight up doing what she does, told them to said, make it Immediately a put in a review. And they did. So, uh, Annie Morgan, 1230, I know who you are. Thank you so much for this. And now I have to read it. It is titled Australian Dad Joke. Here it is. Love this podcast and so happy they'll be reporting from the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. More on that later. For your information, Andre will be over 200 centimeters in Australian measurements. He will be tall Australian. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter and I was like, well, I didn't even finish reading. I was like, don't put it in a review with the immediacy. Tall Australian is too good. <laughs> just ridiculous that I'm I'm I it's something about it when when the joke came I was like I know I'm probably going to be reading this at some point and Courtney came right away right right on time (laughs) (laughs) never misses an opportunity I said put this in with some immediacy it was just too good and the thing is like I know it takes reviews like technically it takes them like a few days to trickle in so I feel like we might have a few extra tall Australian reviews <laughs> we, we that actually are still might, coming in. I think a few people were very eager. <laughs> like tall Australian, it was too good. It was just like automatic home run. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we begin, before we get into the rundown, I mean, we we just have to straight up say thank you. Because y'all, what the hell did y'all do? <laughs> what the hell yeah, happened? I, y'all just thank you if you're new to the podcast or anything i i don't even know how to tell the full story but basically because of the outrageous generosity of the community that we built us in a shea butter fc a gofundme sprung up not not of our own doing <laughs> a listener another morgan shout out to morgan um, yeah, shout out to morgan it just took off and now we are when we thought we weren't going to have any funding to go to this World Cup, now we are both headed to Australia and New Zealand. Courtney's going to Australia, I'm going to New Zealand. Won't be for the whole World Cup, we will be there and we will have content and it is absolutely amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Like truly from the bottom of our hearts, like I can't believe it. Like I I can actually, so, so I can explain, Morgan DM'd me like we're thinking about doing this fundraiser and I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know, like, I mean, let's do it. But like, I wasn't thinking anything was going to come from it. And, um, but you know, I'd hit up, I talked to our friends from Shea Butter FC. Cause I was like, I technically, you know, I still have my flights. Like maybe I'll like, maybe I'll short my trip and I'll just go. Um, and so we were actually like, I want to say maybe 15 minutes after the, like the fundraise, like the GoFundMe had kind of went up. We all hopped on a phone call just trying to like figure out logistics and stuff like that. And I think we're on the phone for two and a half hours. And like literally every three minutes we're like, excuse me, you raised how much? Like our original goal was like $5,000, which I think was just going to like, I mean, $5,000 is not going to cover much when you're going to a place as far as Australia. Like flights themselves are like three grand. Um, 
but it was just, you know, like help, like making it so that we're not eating into like a lot of our savings to get there and things like that and be at this trip. And so we were on the phone and we were like starting to crack jokes. Like I actually didn't even tell you about a really funny joke that I'll tell at the end of the story that made me cry real tears. Um, but we were just, you know, still on the call. And at one point, like we weren't even talking anymore. Like we were just kind of like baffled at what was going on. It was like $5,000 done, $10,000 done, $15,000 like done. And like by the time, like, I think we'd raised maybe 15 grand in like less than two hours or like right near two hours, which I was just like baffled. Like I literally like texted my sister like, Hey, we're doing this little GoFundMe. Like, if you would like to uh, sponsor me, um, because I have an I'm the youngest of three, and I just ask my older sister for money all the time, as a, the youngest child does. Um, and so we were just like baffled, baffled, baffled. And then by the time we hit twenty thousand dollars, I like I just muted myself and it burst into tears. And like me as a person, I don't really emote motion like I don't really show a lot of emotion and I like literally just burst into tears like I could not believe it because as Audrey knows like I went through a roller coaster of emotions the pat like the three days prior thinking like I'm going to the world cup just kidding no you're not and I was like and think about like canceling my flights like I canceled a like a bunch of like things that I needed to like do before going like I need to go get my hair braided like a lot of things canceled all of it and being like I'm just gonna wait to cancel my flights like I'm not emotionally prepared to cancel it and so the fact that all that money was raised so like so quickly I just could not believe it like I was just actually baffled um and then just like burst into tears like I just like could not like I just couldn't believe it so I mean truly like thank you to every single one of you we know that Twitter is broken so we cannot go back well maybe we're making the attempt to go back to individually thank every single one of you. The way Twitter is the way it is right now, it's like, I get, I got my rate exceeded just looking at my own Twitter thread. And I was like, cool. Um, but yeah, truly thank you. Every single one of you from the bottom of our hearts. Like I, I like still am low key pinching myself. Like, I can't believe it. Like literally one of my coworkers just like randomly shared it. And I was like already crying and just like continued crying. Like it was absolutely insane. Um, but Andre, the funny joke is that we were like, someone DM'd us like, oh, you guys should make a video, like, saying why people should donate. Um, and do you want to know what my uh, occasionally sick and twisted brain went to? Oh, God. What? <laughs> it was like a video. And I thought of the ASPCA commercials. And I the music started playing in my head, and I went, for $1 a day, you can sponsor a black journalist to go to the Women's World Cup. It was so funny. It was oh. so funny. Oh, I literally started crying off that. I made myself laugh so hard, because, like, literally what that Sarah McLaughlin song just, like, yes. started playing in the background of my head when I was thinking, when I was just like, for $1 a day, you can sponsor a black journalist to go to the World Cup. Um, and it was really, really funny. Um, so yes, lots of tears, ha- happy tears, but uh, lots of tears. And I just, yeah, I can't believe it. We're going to the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Flights I was are booked. Say, maybe we should have started that ASPCA commercial like the day after 2019 because it really felt like we both like had hookups, like we were going to get there, and everything just fell apart like right at the end. Like if you've been following us on our personal accounts, you know it's been a ride, y'all. It's been a ride. We thought that things were good and multiple. <laughs> 
multiple occasions and they just weren't. And it's just like, it was, it was deeply frustrating, deeply frustrating. Cause I think, you know, I think that being in this space for the time that we have doing what we've been trying to do as, you know, different media in this space, it's been a lot. And we had hoped that people would see the community. I hope they see it now. Like shit. I didn't even know it was <laughs> this. Like, like, I'm just like, yo, <laughs> Look, me neither. I can't, I, I honestly can't do nothing but thank y'all. I this is it is wild and I can't believe that like it was a professional goal of mine to get there and it was a goal to get there like without having to rely on any sort of community or crowdfunding. And so that's why I was not gonna set anything up. But when it got set up and it started going bonkers, I was like, Well, guess we gotta go now. Like, <laughs> like the people like, the people have spoken. Yeah. We should honestly we gotta do a t shirt saying you helped us go to the World Cup. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It's absolute. That was absolutely crazy. That what a surreal moment. Cause yeah. I mean, for me, I, my dream has always just been to go to a world cup. Like I just, I've never been to one. And Same. I was like, Same. and I was, you know, thought the dream had left, had dried up. If y'all heard me in our last episode, you heard, I was like particularly angry about uh, companies, not just putting money behind it, especially cause like we know that first game is going to happen and every news organization every media organization is going to want content out of this world cup and it's like you could you could have sent us you could have believed but you know who did believe this little community we have here it's not even a little actually it's a rather large community we have here um and yeah i just can't believe in truly thank y'all so much shout also shout out to morgan like indeed you you, you just dm'd us and we're like we're doing this and it was like okay I'm just like, <laughs> right. just here long for the ride. And then I like, I can't believe it. Um, But thank like truly thank you. And also shout out to like Gal Pals also got funded. Yeah. I think what the, the Woso show also got some funding for it. Like people want this content and it's crazy. It's baffling to me. It's like, how do you not realize that people want this content? And so it's just like, it's for once, it's like very good vibes. Great vibes. Not maybe not great vibes on the flights. It's gonna be in the plane on a plane for a really long time, which I'm still wrapping my head around because I leave in eight days. But it's gonna be a good time. Um. So yeah, I'm now I've got to gear myself back up uh, to deal with these flights. But you know what? It's gonna happen. It's gonna be great. Um. We are also going to let y'all know we're we're doing some content planning, and so once we know what we got going on, we'll let y'all know. But we will have more information on all of that, what our expectations are and what you can expect to see and read from us. Yes. Also, since um, Twitter has decided to semi blow up, uh, go sign up for our newsletter, <laughs> like literally so we can communicate with you. Yeah. And Twitter might not Instagram last through the, as well. And check out our Instagram, but Twitter may or may not last through this women's world cup. We don't know anything is possible. Right. Um, and so, yeah, 100% sign up for that newsletter. Um, because that's probably going to be your best way to get information from us between that and Twitter. Um, and we're going to have content at least from the, like the U S but also from a whole, like other groups, we're going to have some Nigeria content, some Canada content, some Brazil content. We're going to have content from literally the entire world cup. Like we're not, I feel like we are purposefully not making it very U S women's national team centered. Of course. And that's been a goal of this podcast since the beginning. We talk about a lot of uh, domestic stuff too, but we also know the world is much bigger, especially the soccer world is much, much bigger. Uh, women's soccer world is much bigger than this country. So 
uh, which is makes for a weird transition because we're gonna talk about the NWSL now. Because <laughs> <laughs> NWSL is NW selling. It sure is. It sure is. And so we are going to talk about the NWSL. It's been kind of a wild weekend. Uh, A lot of the international players are gone. So um, I will ask the question, Courtney, do you have anything to say before we move on? I wanted to bring back that joke. Uh, I'm still making myself laugh, but I said no. (laughs) We can keep it pushing. All right, so let's get into it then. The NWSL kind of just like went a little bonkers. This is the first uh, weekend, and this weekend coming up is also another weekend of regular season play without, I think, every single international player will be gone now. Um, But, Mm -hmm. whew, NWSL definitely NWSL. It was Upset City this weekend. It was a little wild. This stat is crazy. I I, I had to, like, double-check this because Courtney dropped this in the doc. So, Points gained from teams in the top six, only five. They scored three goals. They conceded seven. The bottom six, though, the bottom six went ham. They did the Birdman hand rub this weekend. It was like, hey, it's time. It's time to make a move. 11 points gained, seven goals scored, three conceded. Uh, They went off. They did. There were a whole bunch of upsets. Um Andre, maybe, well, I don't want to rank the upsets um, because some of them were like very much to me an upset. Some of them were like, not really. Um, I would say the two biggest ones uh, first, Chicago beating San Diego. Something about SoCal teams in Chicago. They just see them and they're like, all right, bet. (laughs) Like, we are going to beat you. Um, But also for me, the big upset is uh, Orlando. Pride three, Washington Spirit one, and I feel like a big not theme throughout one. all straight up nil. Or sorry, not one <laughs> nil. Whoops. Um, but also for me, a big theme of this weekend is uh, what happened to the NWSL defenses. Like out of the the majority of the players from the NWSL that are leaving to go to the World Cup this summer are not defenders. Like obviously, you have a few from the U.S. Women's National Team, but what two out of those six defenders? don't play as defenders in the league at the moment and then the other one is kelly o'hara who was injured and so like and even their outside backs who went you know those players are also in like much more of a attacking outside back as a purely defensive outside back so really i was thinking i was like oh you know going to this weekend we're probably just gonna get like a bunch of nil nil draws or maybe one ones like kind of boring games you know the some of the best attackers in the league won't be there and it said it was like, nope, we're just having all attack, no defense. Like, I feel like there were only maybe like, let's uh, let's say out of the 12 teams, there were really only one or two that had like very solid defensive performances, um, like maybe three. So I was just very, very surprised at like, hey, all the defense left. Yeah, that was a little bit wild. It was, but you, I, I think the point that you made is actually like really, really good. It's like when you... Like scoring goals is hard. That's why attackers like get a lot of praise. That's also why they are so like coveted because without those without those players to routinely stick the ball in the back of the net, then like things get a little weird. Like you think about like the Portland Thorns, their system and everything still worked okay. They had twenty six shots. That's a hell of a lot of shots. Nine wrong target, and they didn't score a single one of them. So like that's kind of lets you know like how wild like you can give. Like it's not just having the opportunity sticking the ball away. So so for me, it's like another like 
another way another way to look at the year that Sophia Smith has had. I think she's got like what ten goals and five assists already, and mm-hmm. she's had twelve starts. That's kind of bonkers that that's the case. That level of production is not normal, as evidenced by this past week. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I feel like it's even the same for some of. The, uh, like the, uh, some of the other national teamers as well, like thinking of a player like Lynn Williams, like at the end, I it almost felt like at that Gotham game for Gotham, it was two points dropped instead of one point gained because they were just like missing huge wide open chances. Um, and I actually felt the same about San Diego as well. Like it was funny re-watch, like watching that game in real time and then re-watching it where at, at the time I was like, I feel like Chicago really kind of has like the lion's share of like really big chances where it's like either forcing someone into a save or a ball narrowly goes wide. But on replay, it was like no one has that killer, not even that killer instinct, but like no one just has that finishing touch in the box where they like, you know, need to put these goals away. Cause, and I, I feel like that was also the way it was for honestly, like a lot of the teams in the league this weekend. Maybe the only exception is a, I don't know, maybe like a racing Louisville a little bit because they just happened to score two goals. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I was just surprised that the lack, yeah, the overall lack of finishing, especially this weekend felt like it's especially glaring across the league. You know what else is glaring, at least from a spirit perspective? Not only the attacking that was missing in Sanchez and Rodman, but also if y'all want to know what Andy Sullivan does, that's what Andy Sullivan does. <laughs> Sheesh. I was... Orlando was just t- eating them alive in midfield, just eating them alive, moving the ball. They never really could adjust to their structure, get their foot on the ball, do nothing. Orlando, the, Messiah Bright, we, we had a couple clips from her on the timeline when back when Twitter worked. Um, yeah, she was feasting. She was feasting out there. And it was uh, from, for a neutral and for a Pride fan, that was really exciting from a Spirit fan, uh, standpoint. It was like, ooh this don't look good (laughs) yeah and it was actually funny because I was I almost had a I had like a I almost had a super long tweet about Orlando and then I just shortened it and said they're really hot and cold team because I was I like was surprised that Orlando went up 2-0 but I also wasn't because I thought about that challenge cup game where Orlando went up 2-0 and then the sport the spirit stormed back like was it like 3-2 or 4-2 something like that and so I was just kind of expecting that but I was I would definitely went and rewatched um, like that first 45 and yeah, that first 45 was real rough. Like they Very. yeah just could not adjust to Orlando. Like Messiah Bright was a menace. Also Julie Doyle menace. Like the two of them were just out here. And then you go and you sub in Allie Watt, all, like also just a lot, like she forced an own goal. Like just, yeah, uh, there was a lot of menacerie. I don't know if that's the word, but going on this weekend um but it's like especially in that uh in that orlando spirit game but also we also saw the return of the o- well not the og menace because og menace is marta but maybe one of marta's prodigies in menacerie in one midge purse who oh midge was feeling violent um at one point in my brain i was like there's a reason why i'm not a professional athlete because if you do that to me i'm either fighting you or I'm faking an injury and getting subbed off <laughs> because Paige Nielsen was having a rough time. And I don't even blame her. Cause I think a lot of players would be having a rough time with Midge coming in at literally at the halfway time. And just, she just ate that whole game. It's like, it was kind of unfortunate that she did not get a goal, but she just, 
she was eating that whole game. Like literally it was like her first like <laughs> it was like her second or third touch. She tried to banana someone. Or not banana someone. She um she was like fa- like her back was too was probably Nielsen, but like her back was to her and she tried to kick the ball over her head and then run around her. And I was like, she's feeling herself. She is 100% on one. Um, and I know we tweeted those clips, but yeah, she, and it's like, and I feel like there was actually pretty good Gotham crowd this weekend, but it was just like, you, every time Midge is on the ball, there's almost like an electricity in the air that like comes from like the fans. And like, I'm telling you that clip where she cut back and Nielsen was flying. I, that, the crowd cheered as loud as they cheered when a goal is scored. <laughs> I have never heard such hooting and hollering just from like one thing. It was it's actually pretty incredible. Yeah, I was like, um, so I don't know what Paige did to Midge, but she should apologize like immediately. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was like. Midge was just like, okay, bet. You're going to be one v one I'm going to eat you alive. And I was like, okay, this is the Midge I like to see. It was brutal. It was scary. I agree with you. I wish she would have gotten a goal to like really like – put a cap on all of that but yo I, it was just it was it was it was lovely to see we haven't seen like straight up violent midge in a little bit because of injury but yeah that was that was very much like a okay there she is she's feeling good now <laughs> it was it was pure it was pure violence like her and yasmin ryan also shout out to yasmin ryan she i feel like probably since the start of this season i've just been like and i mean last season i was like she's a really good player like she's a really good young player but it's also different when you like get to see players up close. Um, and she was just on one. Like she was so good the entire match, either like playing as a forward occasionally, playing as a midfielder. Juan Carlos Moros dropped her to right back. Gotham don't have a, a single healthy right outside back, truly, like in the entire squad. Taylor Smith is injured. Like I can literally go down the list, like no one. <laughs> who can play outside back is healthy for Gotham. But she was like, you know, out right back made a, to me, a, like a game winning save on Claire Emsley where she, I remember watching that in real time. I don't know if it actually won save of the week, but I think I tweeted it should be save of the week. Um, Where, and I remember seeing that in real time being like, oh, Emsley's through on goal. Like, will Abby Smith come up big again? And then it was like, just kidding out of nowhere. Like she gets, she she literally like basically does the equivalent of like rounding a corner, gets straight to her. And it's like, you see her get the block. And then all of a sudden you see something orange go flying. (laughs) You're like, well, that's her shin pad. Um, And so, yeah, she was absolutely fantastic. Um, Also Mandy Freeman was really, really good. I want to give a shout out to Mandy Freeman because we really haven't seen her. I feel like a lot this season after like basically playing almost every minute last season for Gotham. And she started at right actually she also started at right back and was really really good like and i'm not surprised at how good she was but we've all that was also like her she said her first time in her career ever playing right back basically and so she was fantastic unfortunately well it was half it was great for gotham unfortunate for me as a sid like as a person who likes to watch sid larue where she just like she was just cut like not cutting up but like Sid couldn't really get anything going. Um, and I feel like a lot of that is because of Mandy Freeman, also because of Allie Krieger, but I feel like a lot of that was Mandy Freeman as well. And so, yeah, just, and I feel like also those were probably the two best defensive performances were like Allie Krieger and Sarah Gordon. Um, 
this week, but also there are two players who don't make sense to me how quick they are in person. One of them is Lynn Williams and the other player is Sarah Gordon. Sarah Gordon is so fast. It doesn't make any sense how quick she is. And I feel like it was maybe something that I didn't, I, I like knew she was fast, but when you see that quickness in person, you're like, excuse me, please. Uh, no, I think I tweeted. I said, she has jets strapped to her ankles. There's no way she can physically move that quickly. She is. So I literally, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I think it was Yasmin Ryan got the ball, somehow got around Madison Hammond. And Sarah was like doing the equivalent of her jog, maybe like a slower run, which is still like fast for a lot of people. And then she just immediately turned it on. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. Also, Gotham didn't get disrupted by a, lane, a rain delay. and said two other NWSL games did, but Gotham did not. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I, and the, I think the thing that really gets me with Sarah Gordon and Lynn Williams is they're both they're both funny in the sense that they don't they don't they very rarely show you full speed because they only run like what they need to run to either beat someone to the ball or stay ahead of somebody, stay composed. You, it's not often you get to see them hit top gear, but when they do, even, yeah, honestly, even their you know lower gears are amazing. But when they hit top gear, it's like, oh my god, like what is what is going on? So yeah, that was wild. And I also feel like we got a shout out. The other thing that happened in this game was Monashim returned to the oh, pitch. Yes. That was just a moment, a hell of a moment. I was. So happy. I was so happy to see the Gotham signed her. I was like, it makes a lot of sense given Gotham's front office and how they built it. Yeah, shout out to Yale. I mean, like the fact that Sinead came back there and the fact that Mana came back there and it was just so, it's been great to watch Sinead. I love the fact that like, this is such a badass story that she went, you know, got back into the game, back into professional soccer and she's going to a World Cup. Talk about that coach later. Uh, probably on another mm-hmm. episode. Uh, but like, I'm just so happy that she's there. And same thing for Mana. I thought it was so dope to see her come on. And I was just like, one, it was great, but it was also like the kind of game where you could just kind of feel something we- like something fun might happen. Like she might mess around and score a goal. And I was like, I was fully ready to melt into a puddle in the living room and just, and just exist there until I evaporated. Yeah, no, it was, that was a wonderful moment um, as well. It was like, it was it was kind of a surreal moment when like you know they lift because also as you know as a reporter there I'm like obviously I have an eye of what's going on in the game but I also have an eye of like all the other small things that's going on like how the coaches are acting like who's talking to the the fourth official like oh who are the players currently warming up right now and so I saw her go to warm up a little bit um, but then I like saw her basically like when the players are about to go in they have they have to wear those like neon green pink yellow pennies but when they're about to go in their pennies are like just barely on them and I was like oh Mana Shim's about to come in and then she came in I thought she was great like for a player that I don't know the last time she had like her last competitive match is probably well over I'm gonna say eight years ago at least probably what 20 maybe not maybe not eight years I think it was like 2016 2017 around there but like she came in and had some flicks and stuff and actually had like a few really good like actually a few really good flicks that I don't think people were expecting from her and so yeah it was just like a really really good feel-good story um was it uh McCall Zerboni because we interviewed her post game because it was like her 200 cap said that what Mana did is the bravest thing she's ever seen a person do um and so 
it was just very it was very very feel good vibes and so she's back for like she's back for gotham i'm super happy that gotham um is a club that i feel like players who have left the game and want to come back can definitely come to um and also just kind of so on the flip side that like besides the fact that it breaks my heart that these players are also like had to go through these terrible things i also think about just like like all these players are professional athletes for such finite times like your your best players maybe you have like a 16 year career which is extremely short like <laughs> us as just regular working people like our careers can potentially be 30 40 even 50 years long if you want it to be and so the fact that like this game did not protect the players but also when you see them come back and you see like I feel like all the small things which is like this is why you were such an incredible player to begin with and everything that happened that pushed you out of this game is also just it like makes it even more infuriating like for me seeing everyone like come around to have what a ball or Sinead is which like I've been experiencing for almost 15 years actually because I was dragged to the UVA games when I was like 12 um but it, it also just like almost makes you more angry because you're like look at what could have been if we just did not let these terrible people stay in and around the game and breed a culture of toxicity and silence throughout the game yeah, that that's something that I really get frustrated about from an injury standpoint, from coaching mismanagement standpoints, and obviously from abuse and toxicity standpoints in just professional athlete careers outside of maybe like baseball and like, you know, some of those sports that you can play well into like your your late 30s, even sometimes into your 40s. Um careers ain't, ain't meant to be long you know there are there are we have a couple of players running around that are that are over 40 years old but not many not many mm-hmm. like professional careers at the top level are very short you do you're like your prime ability is short and the fact that that to me I think in in sports in general in general every single sport but I think I want to focus as well on the NWSL because I think there are so many things that need to be done and continue to need to improve to make sure that you're maximizing giving players as much opportunity to maximize their talents and their earning potential as possible. So mm-hmm. for me, that's like a really big hot button. And in addition to everything else that she endured and came back and, and wanted to come back and came back to play, um, she tweeted, and I want to read uh, what she tweeted because she quote tweeted the image, uh, the video of her stepping onto the pitch. And she quote tweeted and said, that was so fun. Thank you, Gotham FC, for believing in me. I love this team and can't wait for what's to come. And I have to say, I'm proud to call NWSL home now. That that right there, that should mean something. That should mean something. Yeah, it really should. Yeah, actually, I remember reading that and having a small tear to my eye. Right. Um, speaking of, I, I, I mentioned just a second ago, coaching mismanagement. I have a question for you because... <sighs> I'm I'm growing frustrated of two teams in particular. Two teams are getting on my damn nerves. <laughs> and so and where is this going? one of them is Casey Stoney and San Diego Wave, the, the suffer ball thing that she's got going on. I understand she's a former center back. I know that she coached Manchester United and got them, you know, from the championship, promoted the exact same season and all of that business. Like she she did it, right? So like I'm not doubting her skills as a coach, but this is the NWSL. Suffer ball don't work here. Like, I think she surprised people last season with it. And that's the reason why, especially because a really hot season from Alex Morgan helped and, and Taylor Korniak was healthy and able to provide a kind of a more direct threat to goal than, than, than what, what they have now. 
But without those things and without the entire like perfect concoction of it all, which you're not always going to have. In fact, you're rarely going to have a perfect situation week to week in the NWSL. Um, her, just her team has been frustrating to watch. And it makes me upset because they have one of the best teenage talents that we have in Jaden Shaw. And she's excellent. If you give her runners, if you give her an attacking setup, an attacking system, you give her defensive support and you just tell her to go, she'll create opportunities. She'll create chances. She'll score goals. We've seen it. But Casey Stoney is like so averse to getting into either some sort of shootout or giving the potential of a transition moment. You're going to have to get used to transition moments in this league. It's what the league is built on. Like It's what we do here. So you can try to limit them if you want to, but I don't think that's a great approach for this league. And the other one that's on my nerves is Houston. Houston is very frustrating to me because it feel, to me it feels like they have a squad building problem where they brought in players who there's, there's almost a disconnect. And I think I do think that the um, losing Juan Carlos Amaros to, to Gotham was massive because that him and Sam Lacey clearly have two very two different styles. And mm-hmm. they had a squad that was like looking like it was going to be this kind of like what you kind of want to expect from Houston Dash with the players they have. They, you know, flying up and down the pitch. They counter very quickly. They move the ball in transition very well. They hit their spots. They're they're nice. Like it's it's when they're on, it's fun. And then you add in like Maria Sanchez, excellent. You add Ebony Salmon, one of the hardest um, uh, strikers to to follow to track, especially in transition. And everything was looking good. And then they bring in Diana Ordonez, who is very good, but a very different style of a number nine. And that's who Sam Leite has stuck with. And even tried to put Ebony Salmon out wide, like as a winger. She's not a winger just because she's quick doesn't mean she can be played as a winger. That's kind of like not utilizing talent correctly. And so that part has been frustrating because Houston has scored the fewest goals in the league by far. They just hit 10 goals scored in the league. Second lowest is 14, Orlando. Like, 10 is super low. That's 14 games played and they've scored 10 goals. So like both of these teams are very frustrating to me. And I don't know if they're the same to you. Yeah, I don't know. I would say for Casey Stoney, part of it, um, I think last season, like there are just going to be times when you're lucky. And I feel like last season, San Diego had a lot of chances that really ended up going their way. Like some of it just kind of, felt like not necessarily dumb luck but it was like you know I think this season they're not necessarily getting the same they're not uh they're not getting the same opportunities or not sorry not the same opportunities like basically the same chances just aren't falling the way in a lucky way (laughs) is the easiest way to say it um because I mean I I did rewatch the their game against Chicago and it was like while they were not they were not dominating Chicago and at times we're also being dominated by Chicago um it was also like I don't know because it was like I watched like technically I watched Taylor Korniak miss a golden chance from like literally four yards out (laughs) it's like part of it's like okay objectively what are you going to do about that but also at the same time yeah it's like I think what what potentially would make her kind of like thinking about like Chelsea's suffer ball that Emma Hayes makes us live through where it's like, but Emma Hayes will also do that suffer ball. Cause it's like, 
she don't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan, but that's like secretly all <laughs> right. of Chelsea. It's situational. <laughs> right. It's like very, it's very much situational of like, we're just going to suffer all this because we don't have the legs. Um, but also it's like, what makes Chelsea's suffer ball acceptable is that you're going to get suffer ball and then you're going to get like a, an absolutely wild Sam Kerr goal. And you're like, you know what? Fine. I will live through the suffer ball if you're getting, if you're giving me like fantastic goals when they actually do go forward. And I feel like that's, what's really missing for San Diego this season is that they are not getting those fantastic goals going forward, even though they do have like, well, I will say without Sophia Jakobsen and Alex Morgan, I do think it is fundamentally hard for them to go forward because their depth players just like Sophia Jacobson's a menace at all times. Like it's just not going to necessarily be the same thing. Um, so yeah, the suffer ball is like, it is, it's a little bit rough to watch at times and it is, and it's funny cause it's actually, I feel like the suffer ball is, even though I was noticing Jaden Shaw before, I think I'm actually even noticing her a lot more because the things she's trying to do are so good, but yet they're not being pulled off. And you're like, like I watched her, like it was actually funny like Taylor Korniak picked up the ball somehow got the ball through her like got the ball to Jaden Shaw through like two or three players and Jaden Shaw like literally turned like basically two touch turned and play like played a perfect ball into on running Rachel Hill who then like went and hit the post and so yeah the suffer ball is rough and it's also it's funny because it's like okay if you're gonna suffer ball us that also means you need to have like the flip side of that because you need to you need to win games as being a really good counter-attacking a team, a counter-attacking team, which would suit the NWSL. Like <laughs> I think about, for example, like literally a, Sh- a Chicago Red Stars from last season was like, we were going to defend or not maybe not as much last season, but even like two seasons ago was like, we're going to defend. We're going to frustrate the living life out of you. And then we're going to get the ball to Malpew or like Yugi Nagasato, who's going to get the ball to Malpew. And we're going to create a counter-attacking goal out of, out of basically thin air and so it's like, that's also not happening for San Diego. So it's like, I feel like you need to choose one. Like you're going to suffer ball and then let players fly forward. And just for that one moment, but also recognizing like the NWSL is not the WSL. You are not going to have a crazy amount of possession the entire time. Like it's, it's just not going to happen. And so, yeah, it's like at one point, it, like you're either you're going to bend or you're going to break. And I feel like right now San Diego's bending, but maybe you're starting to see a few more cracks getting in. And yes, obviously they're not, they don't have, you know, your Alex Morgans, your Sophia Jacobsons, even your Emily Van Eggmans. Um, but it's not like they don't have good midfielders. Like Danny Colaprico is a great midfielder. Like Maggie Doherty Howard is really, really good on the ball and can like, can also go forward and attack if you want her to. So yeah, the suffer ball, I'm not too annoyed at it now, but I probably will get annoyed at it going forward. And uh, yeah, with uh, Houston, I I don't know what they're doing. Literally, Diana Ordonez tackled. What's her name? It's not Emily Boyd. That's another goal. That's Chicago's backup goalkeeper. Um, I can't remember her name, but Diana Ordonez literally tackled North Carolina's goalkeeper, and they could not find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. And it's like, get it together. What is going on here? Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there are really, really smart ways that you can make Diana Ordonez get on the field with Ebony Sam and Maria Sanchez and Michelle Alozzi, who to me has been the uh, the absolute center point of that Houston attack. And now that she's gone off to her first ever World Cup, congratulations. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with them, honestly, because she was the center point of their attack and now she's gone. So 
yeah, I don't, to me, there's like a kind of a clear way to put the four of them on the field together. Um, and actually might be a little suffer ball esque, but like, you're then going to go forward and score some really, really fun goals. And like, yeah, I, I just don't get it. Cause to me, it's like, just, it's quite simple. You can either play a four, four, two or three, wait. Yeah. Or a three, five, two. And it can happen. I actually think a four four two would be really, really good. But or like a four one three one. No. Four one three two. Maths. <laughs> I'm I'll get there, I promise. <laughs> um like, this is a journey. <laughs> it's four one three two. Maths. Um, but uh, to me there is like bare like also because if you think about like some of the strengths of Diana Ardonia's, like she has really good hold up play as well. And that is also a point that you can like grow in her game and you can have a low CB one winger, if we're talking about like a traditional four four two, like a low CB one winger, Santos be the other, have Ordonias and Salmon up top together, and have your very quick Ebony Salmon, your great finisher Ebony Salmon, get the ball laid into her from a player like Dan Ordonias, who's good at hold up play. And it's like you can you can go and score goals. You can go and score goals, baby. Like I just it doesn't make sense to me because I feel like going into the season we're like they have some they have I've I feel like for a lot of us, it was like, oh, they're going to have a front three of Salmon, Ordonez, and Sanchez. Like, that is a killer front three to have in this league. But the fact that they don't have, they're really not scoring goals, which is also really baffling. Actually, I feel like that's more frustrating to me than the Suffer Ball. Because the Suffer Ball may be a little expected, but I'm also like, you really lost, out of every team, you lost your golden center back and really all your attackers to the World Cup. I'm not expecting you to score a lot of goals. But for, like, to me, Houston and technically Orlando is the other one. Really kind of lost the least amount of, like, crucial pieces during this World Cup break. And it's like, I my expectations for you now are a lot higher as well. Yeah, I think that's one of my things with Houston is just, like, they should be one of the most fun attacking teams. And I just, again, back to mis- misuse of talent and mismanagement and kind of wasting careers. I'm very, very, very sad and very, very, very disappointed in what's happened to Ebony Salmon in this league. She seemed tailor-fit to this league. She has scored. She has produced every single time she's been relied on to do so. Suddenly, some big brain genius comes in and says, oh, no, I got a better idea. It doesn't involve Ebony Salmon. And then their team struggles and looks silly. And this has happened twice now. And it's really, really frustrating. And I'm sorry, like, I know, like, Sam Lacey, I wanted to root for him. I heard everything I hear about him. He's a very nice dude and all of that. And I, I get it. And I'm glad he's not, like, a monster. But the thing that's annoying is that, like, especially from, like, an English standpoint, why he's been around this league long enough. He's been in this country long enough to know how we roll. What are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing with that front four that you can't figure it out and where you're putting Ebony Salmon on the bench? I really don't get it. It's really, really frustrating because, like, 4-4-2 should be in his blood. It genuinely should be in his blood. It should be easy. Whether you do a 4-2. It is, it is literally it, it in his blood, actually. Easy. And uh, you have exactly what you want. This is why I was so excited when the trade happened because my idea was like, oh, they got a plan. This is going to be fun. We haven't seen, like, a really good, like, top two since like that old school North Carolina courage uh, team where like you just had two strikers playing all off of one another. And it was just marvelous to watch them connect because they were so good. And I felt like something similar could have happened here, especially because you have the pinpoint 
service and delivery from Maria Sanchez when you need to go direct and put the ball in the air and try to target um, a header for Ordonez. But then, of course, Ordonez, like you were saying, Courtney, with hold-up play, flick-ons and everything behind the back line, Ebony Salmon knows how to time those runs. She knows how to angle those runs. Like, I was hype. I was so hype. And maybe this is part of it. My expectations were way too high. Uh, but I'm just, like, real disappointed with what we've gotten and the fact that he's decided, like the other goofy coach that had Ebony Salmon in this league, that she's the problem and she needs to be the one on the bench and coming in later in games. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, because, I mean, I even think about Houston's, like, big results this season, like them beating, like, going down 1-0 to Portland and coming back and beating them 2-1. And both of those goals, like, Ebony Salmon was crucial in both of those goals. Like, yeah, it just really doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if Ebony Salmon would um, like to be a shorter plane right away (laughs) from uh, (laughs) – England and wants to go reunite with Juan Carlos Amaros, which I don't <laughs> know. Juan might do. I, I was to like, be Juan, honest, Juan Carlos might do something crazy. I don't know. That guy, he has, it's funny. He's actually, I'm a big fan of him, <laughs> but he also has them doing sometimes things wild. He's like, and I've heard this from players as well. They're like, I know every position on the pitch. I feel like Juan Carlos could be like, Midge, go and goal, and Midge would be like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like you might do something silly with Ebony Salmon. Um, but also, look, bring back the 4-4-2, my guy. Midge one wing. Ebony yeah. Salmon playing up top of Lynn Williams. That's diabolical. This is why I'm scared. I really, I, it, it almost seems like we're going to lose Ebony Salmon out of this league, and it's going to be real shitty, and it's going to be f- frustrating because that's like a gem from England, and it was a really cool decision of her to take this career path. You don't see it all that often. Uh, from from English players and I thought it was going to be dope like if it works out this is going to be great we're going to get some really young uh, attackers that come in from overseas uh, and try to learn which is what I think should happen I've said this before with uh, um, uh, Svendis Shane Young's daughter I feel like she needs to come to the NWSL a little bit too I think a lot of young attackers should and it's frustrating that that it doesn't look like this is going to work out and she's going to be on her way to a third team. And I don't, I do not, I don't have any inside information, but I do not expect that team to be in the United States. And that's going to hurt a little bit. Um, Real quick, but since we were talking about Houston, I wanted to bring up uh, Michelle, as you mentioned, and I'm going to say Alozia because that is what she said, how to pronounce her name. When I heard, a commentator saying that, I was like, okay, there must be a reason that he's saying that. And then after the game, she tweeted like, oh, he's saying my name correctly and was so happy. And so she dropped a guide on how to pronounce her name. So we'll link that so that everybody can see it. Commentators, do that. Follow it. Find it. She said it. She appreciates it. She wants people to go there. She said she's been here long enough. It's time. I Well, so I was doing stuff for the, I was prepping for some stuff for the Nigerian national team. And so I watched a video and she's like, hi, my name is Michelle Alozia. And I was like, we should have pronunciation guides for every single player. Because I've heard Uchenna Canoe. And I said, who's Canoe? Who is that? (laughs) Who is Uchenna Canoe? Um, And so, yeah. I mean, she's, she's had a fantastic season, especially now that I know that um, Canada will be missing, um, Rashida Ajibade. I know I'm I'm no I'm butchering it. I need a pronunciation guide too. Um I very much actually expect her to potentially get a nod for their first World Cup game. And she's been balling. She's like literally been the spark point of that Houston attack. 
Yeah, yes. That, and her story is awesome. Like, I really want to talk to her soon because she's she's an awesome, awesome story, awesome player. And I just think, like, you did, and that's the other thing. Like, you didn't an, an anticipate this. Like, if you're Sam Leighton, you didn't anticipate this. You knew that you were going to have Maria Sanchez. You knew you are going to have Deanna Ardonez and Ebony Salmon. But you didn't expect to have, like, a full front four. And you do. So what do you do with it? You decide not to use it. Great job. Okay, I'm going to stop on Houston. Um, they can do a 4-2-4. Four, four. <laughs> far right. Um, let's see. What else? Who else do you want to talk about before we uh, get into Heat of the Night? Um, I think it's silly that racing doesn't play, Uche. Uh, yeah, real stupid. That's very silly. Make it make sense. You need you need goals, sir. You need goals. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, North Carolina's at the top of the table. I'm a little bit surprised about that. They That's also why, actually I saw a tweet about that and I was like, yo, is that true? <laughs> so I like had to go Google it because not that I just didn't believe it, but I they hadn't actually been, you know, they've been in the playoff spots, but they haven't been near the top of the table pretty much all season. So when somebody said they were at the top, I was like, excuse me? And um the math math, they were right. Yeah, I mean they currently have a one point get or like one point uh in front of <laughs> Portland Thorns. Um, I'm semi-surprised about that. I feel like a lot of games are going their way. I expect it potentially to hit back to the mean a little bit. Um, I also feel like a big part of that is also just Caroline deciding to go off. And it's just like, if she decides to go off, she decides to go off. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's anyone else I want to talk about. Like, I think Angel City is getting better. Is it potentially too late? I don't know. I don't know. It all depends on when Kristen Press is back. If she's back soon... They got something. If she's not, probably too late. Yeah, I mean, but even, I mean, you're playing a Lynn Williamless Gotham, Chrissy Mewis-less, and to me, well, the chances were actually very even between the teams, but for Gotham's, it was like Gotham getting in their own way and not putting the ball in the back of the net while Gotham came up and had to make big saves on Angel City. And so it's like, you know, to me, for example, that was a really big opportunity of like, okay, everyone's getting upsets this weekend. Like, we're going to power ourselves to go get upsets. And obviously, you know, losing a player like M.A. Vignola really, really early in the game probably changed their game plan. Oh, but also, yeah, like... I hated that. She'd been so good. Yeah. But also, at the same time, like, you had Savannah McCaskill playing as your nine, basically. Like, there should never, ever, ever be a situation where... If you were playing two players up top, which the formation we were given was technically kind of the way it is, where you were having Sid LaRue play in other players, and the other player is not like a, let's say like a, a Claire Emsley, or even like a June Endo, like, or or in a normal time, like an Alyssa Thompson or a Kristen Press. Like, to me, there's absolutely no reason why you're having Sid feed in balls to other players who are not, re- let's say, like regularly playing forward and can put away those chances. Because also thinking about, like, the chances that they had, like, okay, Yasmin Ryan just had a fantastic save on Claire Emsley. That's it. That ball that Sid played into Savannah McCaskill, and it was, like, literally Savannah McCaskill, Abby Smith, and the net. And she hit, and Abby Smith got that save in, but it hit Abby Smith's knee. It'd be one thing if it hit her hand, which is Abby, like, moving to kind of get the ball. That hit her knee. To me, that's ball placement and making the right decision of where to shoot the ball. And you also had a big old net, like, like literally, like there was just a, like it was just Abby Smith in the net. Like 
If that is a Chris Impressive, that is a Sid LaRue. That ball is in the back of the net. And so to me, that was also like a, like, yo, what are you doing right now? Like, why are you setting up your team this way? We're like, yeah, obviously we know that, like, you want a player like Sid LaRue maybe attracting a few defenders so you can get, you know, have another player get in those good spaces and be wide open to shoot. But also it's like, okay, then who is a player that you're going to put there to do that? Because, okay, Claire Emsley is not, let's say, 90 minutes fit, which seems like it's not. I'm like, I'm going to put you in. If we want to make a, like, if we want to make a big statement and kind of really, let's say, change the trajectory of our season, I'm going to put you in, play 45 minutes, take you out of halftime. And I know not everyone is like that, but it's like, there, like, there has to, like, there has to be, like, something else, like another player there. So that way you can go and, you know, get those chances because those are golden opportunities in the NWSL. Like I know we're, we like the past season, we've had some super attacking dominant teams, but like not every team is going to have five, six, seven, eight chances in front of goal. Like you're probably going to have maybe one, two, maybe three golden opportunities to really score. And it's like, you got to make those count, especially if you, you know, want to go and and really start the playoff push. Cause out of those, what, out of those bottom six teams, four out of the six won. Only two of them drop points. So it's like, like you, you got to, well, sorry, three out of the six won. And then three teams drop points where Houston picked up no points. And then racing, let oh well rain come back. And then Angel City couldn't put away their chances. Like if you're trying to push for those, that playoff spot, like you got to make those moments matter. And even Juan Carlos Amora said that in his post game, where like my guy was heated. He was heated at the chances that Gotham was missing. Um, at one point, I thought he was going to be that pep meme from the Men's Champions League final. You know, where pep, Pep's on all fours on the ground. <laughs> I thought that was going to be Juan Carlos Moraes at one point. But he was like, you know, he literally said in his press conference, besides acknowledging that Mitch is on a revenge tour, which was hilarious. Um, but he said, like, the, like, getting three points matters, especially when we're this part of the season where, what, there are eight games left, I believe, because they play a 22-game season. Right now, the gap between bottom of the table, Chicago has 13 points, and San Diego, who's currently sitting in six, has 20 points. That's literally seven points over eight games. Like, you really have to start, like, you you got to start the playoff push now. You know, your Kansas Cities, your Orlandos, even your racings, truly, they're trying to put in those performances to start really picking up those big points. And it's like, I don't know, I just feel like the way that Becky Tweet set up the team like it wasn't I just wanted more from them is what I'll say yeah um they will once my thing with Angel City has pretty much been once they solve their over-reliance on Savannah McCaskill they'll be fine um she's a good player getting into good positions but she is quite wasteful with chances whether it's deliveries whether it's it's her shooting it's pretty wasteful with a lot of chances she doesn't have that like kind of like next level where she's be able to pick the right ball, the right weight, the right pass to make an assist or the right shot. Like in that moment, as you said, big old net um, is just like, <laughs> she has those, she, it's it's kind of what I expect when she's in those positions, which sucks because she's she finds very good positions consistently. And so it's very easy to say, okay, there she is. But for me, what they need to do is change her mindset a bit is that she needs to be, the secondary connector of a move as opposed to being like, okay, I have the ball in a good spot. Now I'm, I'm going to either try to shoot or I'm going to try to create the assist. Like she needs to find another option of getting somebody else the ball in those moments 
um, and quickly so that then they can make a decision. They can either cut back, take a shot, or they can, you know, send the ball across the box and, and maybe get an assist or something like that. So, yeah, for me, it's just about the over it's an over reliance on a player who's not productive in terms of goal um, productivity. And that hurts you uh, because if that's the player that's going to consistently get in good positions and not be able to do anything with it, well, you're not going to score too many goals that way. And that kind of sucks. So, um, all right, let me actually, you know what, this is going to be fun because I'm looking at, we've got one more week before the world cup starts. That is going to be a regular season week before things turn over in the NWSL and focus on the challenge cup. So we've got one more slate of games coming up this weekend and it's kind of an intriguing one. So I'm very, very excited. So Friday, we got two games. Uh, Orlando Pride versus OL Reign. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, Louisville, good old Rossing Louisville and Kansas City is also Friday. That's also going to be interesting. Houston Dash and Chicago Red Stars play. Oh, sorry, three games on Friday. Those three are on Friday. Houston Dash and Chicago Red Stars is also Friday. Uh, San Diego Wave and Washington Spirit is Saturday. That's pretty much like a must win for both clubs right now. <laughs> like they both need three points uh, and they both need the rebound from disappointing losses. So that game is going to be kind of bonkers. And without national team players, I have no idea what to expect in that game. Uh, Gotham and Portland play on Sunday. That's kind of going to be dope. Portland, maybe it, it was Portland's trip to Gotham uh, last season that I think mm-hmm. at the end of the season, right? The, the three, three, that kept three, them from winning three. the field. Yeah, that was, that was a wild game. That was probably <laughs> one of the wildest NWSL games I've ever been to. Yeah, that game was wild. And I know Portland's probably going to be a little upset about it still. But who? I mean, hey, I've said it before on the timeline. Those West Coast teams coming east, they don't love doing it. So this could be very interesting. Uh, and then Angel City and North Carolina Courage is on Sunday as well. That's going to be fascinating too. So yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to these games because I feel like they're. this is a good slate to like, Hit the hit the like pause button uh, until uh, I think the weekend of August 18th is when the next uh, round of regular season matches comes. This is a good slate to kind of like leave you wanting a little bit more before the little break in in the in the schedule for the World Cup. Yeah, it's funny. So, like every week, I basically educate my colleagues of like what I think the most interesting NWSL games are. I, I rank every single NWSL game from most to least interesting. Um, and and it's not even like how good the game is going to be. I'm like, maybe some funny storylines, maybe maybe something wild is going to happen. Um, and the the way I ranked it, I actually said that to me the most the the top two interesting games. One is Orlando versus OL Rain because Orlando got their shooting boots on, uh, and also that. But like OL Rain for the most part is seeming or well, we've seen one game, but you know, is somewhat coping. Let's say with their um, is coping with like losing their internationals. However, they also will probably be without Jess Fishlock because I I would be very surprised if Oh Rain asked her to travel all the way to Orlando. No, no, no. And then go. No. She oh. said she wants to do it. She said she's These doing. Fucking elite athletes, bro. <laughs> this is a side story. I was talking to Evie for my pizza, the Athletic, and she was like, it's okay, I have my goals. If I did by now, that means they were too easy. And I said, only elite athletes ever say <laughs> something like that. Um, okay, so apparently she's doing both. I was thinking well, I mean, we'll there see. might be a, I, I, a Jess I, Fishlock-less OL ring. I don't I almost know. expect Laura Harvey to be like, how about you chill? But 
Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a lot of travel. Um, especially when they're home and they're basically tra- like traveling there and then immediately traveling back. It's not like they're starting on a road trip. Um, however, I do think that's interesting because Orlando seems to have their shooting boots on. Um, and if O.L. Rain is without a Jess Fishlock, that's going to be fun. Um, and then to me, it was like the Gotham Portland that reliving that 3-3 bonkers. Like also thinking, you know, Gotham go up 1-0. Portland storm back 3-1, and then somehow Gotham storm back 3-3. Very wild, wild occasion. Um, and then I think the other games, I don't want to just... I'll say two out of the four other games I'm describing as a mid-off. I'm not going to tell you which two I'm describing as a mid-off. <laughs> However, um, but I also think that racing Kansas City game is going to be interesting just because racing... Will now fully be without all their internationals. They won't have um, Wong Chuang or Kanu as well. So it's like, I don't know. It, it is an interesting weekend where it's like, okay, they're officially no more internationals. Um, I guess minus just Fishlock. <laughs> uh, or, uh, so, I don't know. And then it's like Angel City is going to want a big win a big one at home. Angel City, North Carolina was that first game out of the 2022 season where Angel City won 3-1, and, you know, it's the first time we saw them. So North Carolina might have a little chip on their shoulder, but also they don't have their internationals either. It's going to be interesting stuff this weekend. I also don't know how I feel about the Friday night triple header and only one game on Saturday and then two games on Sunday. Scheduling. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, because I think those Friday night games is going to require a bit of a double and possibly even triple screening at some point, oh, which, yeah, it will triple us. screen. So, so, yep, one kicks off at seven, one at uh, Eastern time, one at seven, one at eight, one at eight thirty. Thanks. Thanks so much for that. So we're at least going to have 15 minutes of double screening unless Houston hits a rain delay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know when the the Norway camp starts? have they have those two North Carolina players officially left? I'm assuming they have, but also you kind of never know. Um, Yeah. So Madsen and Guile were not in the lineup at all in their last game. So they must already be gone. They weren't on the bench either. Um, Yeah. So it's going to be interesting before a very long NWSL regular season break. I'm still, I can't lie, not a fan of having these other games during the world cup window, but we, we keep it pushing. Ready for you to hyped? Let's do it. All right. So heated and hyped. This is, um, I feel like y'all know what our hype's going to be, but we'll, we're going to hold off on that <laughs> because we always do heated first. Um, you know what? I think I'll go first with my heated because honestly, Courtney's heated is kind of a shared one for both of us and, and going to require some like in terms of what we do with this here podcast and community. So, you know, we got we got some things that to, to discuss. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and get get this one. Uh, my heated is really just National Soccer Federations and why they suck so bad. Um, that's pretty much mine. I, I think that it's it's wild to me that like the public shaming of even like the the U.S. Soccer Federation and the way that that happened that other federations weren't like okay we can do like the bare minimum to make sure our shit doesn't get like put on front street like you don't want to be on the summer jam screen like all World Cup that doesn't seem like a wise idea 
and you're not going to win a PR battle or anything like that if that's the case. But it sounds like they don't care. And it's really frustrating. So in our World Cup previews, we're definitely going to talk about a lot of these issues, but um, we've got at least some nagging or fairly serious thing going on with multiple federations. Canada, of course, Nigeria, Jamaica, which, of course, donate to Jamaica's um, fundraisers. They have multiple. They should not have to (laughs) be doing this, uh, but they will be, and we will link them in the show notes. They do have two separate ones. Um, South Africa is also having issues. England, their FA just decided they're not paying them bonuses, which, okay. Uh, Spain, we know that's a cluster. Colombia, Germany, and there are still broadcast issues with Japan and Philippines, and that's just really, really stupid. It's really, really stupid. All of it's really dumb. It doesn't make any sense. This is a World Cup. We have the the 2019 World Cup was incredible. <laughs> Honestly, World Cups are incredible because they're fun competitions, but it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And to continue to put athletes of this caliber in this position time and time again and not rise to the, the occasion. And when I say rise, I don't mean like exceeding expectations, but just not being shitty. I feel like that's a very low bar, and yet so many of them are still like completely missing the bar and intentionally. It's just like they're limboing to make sure they don't even come close to touching that bar, which I understand is not a good metaphor because you want to limbo, whatever, you know what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I we'll talk about it later, but I'm just heated about it. It should not be this way in 2023. Like all the questions have been answered. People have talked about it nonstop. You know, all the just disingenuous arguments that we have heard in terms of you know, deserving of pay and things like that and broadcast and nobody watches women's sports, yada, yada, yada. I don't even get into those arguments on Twitter anymore. One, because Twitter's broken, but two, because it, we, we've proven that. Like, that's that's over. That you got you got no factual statistical, but you never did. But now that's proven, you know, proven. We've been breaking records for years now. And so now what's the next step? And federations are still lagging far, far behind in doing that. And it's it's quite frustrating to see. Um, so we will have more on it later. But until then, Courtney, what's your heated? Yeah, I just want to add that there are still also issues going on with federations for teams that had did not make it to the World Cup as well. Like I can think of Chile coming nice. to mind. I can think of uh, what Venezuela coming to mind. Like, I mean, even thinking about heading into 2019, the like the biggest storyline was like the U.S. Women's <laughs> national team are feuding with the Federation and also Megan Rapinoe's feuding with Donald Trump. Like there it's, it's bad everywhere is what I'm saying. And also just want to reiterate that the same attention that you are giving to your Canada's, your France's, your Spain's and your England's, you need to give the same, if not more attentions to your Nigeria's and your Jamaica's and a whole bunch of other countries who do not receive like not the same amount of support from their federations at all. Like, Players are even protesting during some of their biggest tournaments because they have not gotten paid. Not even paid bonuses, just haven't gotten paid at all. So yeah, just also pay attention and chat about the smaller federations as well. Um, what I'm heated about is uh, Elon. Bro, How you have 40... You're supposedly like worth a trillion dollars. How do you fumble $44 billion on an app that is free... It is extremely popular. Like people, like we say we hate Twitter, but people love Twitter. Like the amount of cele- like the amount of celebrities that you had on the app. How do you fumble forty four billion dollars? Why don't you just be rich and go hang out on a beach? 
Like, it makes no sense to me, even though I know, like, his net worth is fake because it's all stupid evaluations that are also inflated. And as we're probably going to see in the next coming weeks, that when he probably goes bankrupt and then loses Tesla stock as collateral and then Tesla stock also it's worth plummets. You're he's not going to be the richest person or quote unquote richest person in the world. Um, but yeah, it is also not lost on me that all of this Twitter foolishness is happening right before an election year in the U S where we know that Twitter is used for, um, mobilization of people and sharing information, especially for progressives. And so you ruining this right before an election is also not lost on me. But also, if you remember the last time we thought Twitter was broken, it was right before the Men's World Cup, and then everyone got together and were like, wait, there's a World Cup happening. Like, let's keep Twitter working. And you're not doing the same for the women. And I'm also deeply not surprised. And also, it I'm so, like, Twitter was objectively one of the worst apps, but also literally one of my favorites. It's how this podcast was started. A literal two Twitter DMs with how this podcast started. And it's just like, oh, you're the worst. Like, you were the worst before, and then we were, you were the worst when you decided to basically fuck with the U.S. stock market just by tweeting, uh, and then you were the worst when you bought this app and laid off a, basically so many people that made this app good, um, and you are still the worst now. And also, you're too broke to pay your dang bills. Broke boy behavior. Right. And then lying about it, trying to say that, oh, yes, this was a pilot. Man, if this was a policy, you would have said something. And what you said is supposed to prevent like people. People know like if people who are in this business and understand what they're doing know that that's not this is not how you would go about solving that problem that he mentioned anyway. It's like, stop. This is my thing with like, I know that billionaires like I know inherently that they are not smarter than any of us. Like, OK, they're so often I dumber. understand that. But so many people give them this inflated sense of just like belief and, and put them on some sort of pedestal that's just wild to me. And it's just like, this dude is literally making shit up. And the people who actually know things are like, yeah, that's false. But he's actually over here lying to us. Like, we're all stupid. And that really just infuriates me more. So, yeah. And, and also your point about the elections, like, he is very much aligned with right wing bullshit and a lot of their nonsense arguments and all of that. This, a lot of this is on purpose. Um, I truly believe that he he understood like Twitter is pretty useful to pushing back against a lot of the right wing bullshit that goes on, correcting records, people be, having access to people who can actually throw out facts immediately to counter a lot of bullshit arguments that we keep seeing these days from the right. But like, yeah, I truly believe that this is an important part. And, and not not that they didn't use social media too. They use it to, to well, all the bot farms and all their things. But the major thing about it is that like, it, it, it is how people find community. It is how people find and feel less alone. And that's something that you really need that loneliness feeling to make people angry at other people. Um, and it's a problem. So like, yeah, in terms of just like, I'm me being pissed off that we're this thing is so shitty and breaking by the hour heading into a World Cup pisses me off. But also the larger implications are very, very scary. And not that Twitter is like holding democracy together, but like we don't have many things that are at this moment. <laughs> and when you lose one, it is a little bit scarier. The way that people get information, like not even thinking like, oh, here's what's happening. Like literally like all of even like local governments tweet out things on Twitter to give people information because that's where they know where they are. Yes. Even like active shooter situations. 
it's just da- like it's just important. dangerous at this point. I'm like, first of all, the government needs to take Twitter and also technically all the media industry, um, and reclaim it as a public good. However, like literally, I was thinking, like I saw someone tweet like uh they run a stadium account like um like Madison Square Garden basically, and if there was a situation, they would be tweeting out to people to like giving them instructions and information the fact that you limited all of this stuff it's mm-hmm. it's gone from like annoying to literally downright dangerous and i'm mad yeah it's it's some big bullshit um so we will do what we can do uh in the in the meantime we'll see what kind of goes on with twitter but you know we're not going to let this interrupt our world cup coverage obviously so we will have more for y'all on where to connect but like courtney said sign up for the newsletter and check us out on instagram uh, so we can figure out next steps. If they finally figure out that this was such a stupid idea and they set Twitter back to what it was, we'll be there. But if they don't, we'll figure things out from there. Um, so, okay, Courtney, our hyped. It's pretty obvious, ain't it? It's, it's obvious. How about you just go ahead and, and tell everybody our shared hype? Um, I almost screamed a huge expletive and I said, Courtney, it's probably <laughs> not a good idea. Um, but we're going to the World Cup. You're going. Still don't feel Cup. real. What do you mean? <laughs> Every time someone donated something, I said, what do you mean? <laughs> right. We are going to the World Cup. Also, all because of you. Like, all because of y'all. Truly. Like, again, what do you mean? <laughs> right. We're literally going to the World Cup. You want to know agree. something that dope that just happened? Like, literally just happened during the recording of this episode? Did, did we hit 30K officially? No, it has nothing to do with that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just got my uh, my visa application from New Zealand was approved. So yay, um, let's go! Yeah, so I'm like, oh, it just hit my inbox, and I was like, oh snap, it's real now. It's real, it's real, and I can go to another country. I'm not wanted, y'all. That's important. Um, but yeah, Look, this is visa um, applications were rough. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot. They kept rejecting my photo too. <laughs> I was just like, yo, can y'all stop. Like, oh, like no. look at the camera. I am like, the, the, it was. So like there was a lot to do That's to get so this good to go through and I was a little nervous about it, but uh it just hit and I'm I'm excited. It's approved. I'm good. I'm good. I got everything. My passport's up to date, everything's good. It's good. I'm going. I'll be on the plane. This is crazy. My passport is also up to date, thank goodness. Because you know how you're like not supposed to travel within six months of your passport expiring? Yeah. And then for a moment I was like, When is my passport expiring? I was like, It's August twenty twenty four, Gordy. You literally have eight months, you're fine um but yeah we're going to australia new zealand i'm actually technically flying into new zealand first because it was more expensive for me to change my flight than get a new one basically um so i'm gonna hang out in new zealand and see the opening ceremonies which i'm really excited about hopefully i get to meet the mascot who i'm obsessed with shout out to tazuni that i literally have so many react photos all my reacts during the world Cup are just going to be different photos of tazuni (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm very very excited um and yeah we're going us and shea better fc we're going wild 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 and i think the only real way we can end this episode is by just straight up again once again loudly and from every single mountaintop fucking thank y'all truly we would not be here without y'all objectively nope. i wouldn't have a job without y'all like literally the popular of this podcast immediately led to my hiring at CBS, which is hilarious and silly, but like, I just, I can't believe it. We're go, We're going to the world cup. Andre, we better be on that plane. We look, we are the 23 
You're part of the 23. We made it on the plane. <laughs> it's wild. Just it. wild. Absolutely wild. Who's let, who, who let this happen? <laughs> Objectively, who let this happen? It doesn't make any sense in my brain. We are, go- we are going to the World Cup. And we're about to have a lot of content coming out, too. I'm excited. Can you believe it? This, this is going to be wild. So, yeah, we will, again, there will be more on the way uh, from us uh, about what we plan on doing and how we're going to do it. So, yes, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think that's all I got. Courtney, are we good? I think we're good. All right, then. Bye. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora UTD POD. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.